Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Wrestling Time Machine. Find us right here on WrestleBinge at YouTube. Of course, uh, Sportskeeda is a part of all that. And if you want to go to your podcast and just download the audio version, you can do that wherever you download your favorite podcast. Again, my name is Mac Davis. I'm your host for the Wrestling Time Machine, and my two co-hosts, as they are every single week, are legendary pro wrestling journalist, Mr. Bill After. Hey, Bill. Well, it's great to be back. I missed you two last week on the first really hot, controversial topic you did while I was away. We were waiting for you to leave. And, and we being myself and WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. <laughs> Teddy Long. Hey, Teddy. <laughs> you guys. You guys, you guys, are, you guys you, are too much. <laughs> you guys got like 45,000 views already. Mike. Goodness. Hot topics. Well, well, you get that when you tell the truth. Okay. People want to hear the truth. Some people can't handle the truth. But if you give the people the truth, then they want to listen to that. And that's what uh, me and Mac are all about. Not only on on uh, the Time Machine with Sports Keto, but also on our own podcast, Roach About the Hours. We tell the truth. So you don't believe in the philosophy, tell the truth, even if you have to lie about it? No, I don't believe in it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I went through some of the uh, the comments uh, from our last show, and one of the things that I heard quite a bit was um, they didn't know that Teddy, I think they assumed, Teddy, that you were a guest on the show. Folks, no, Teddy's here with us each and every single week, If unless something else happens or if he has some special assignment to go on. But outside of that, he's with us every spe- every single week, and he's with me every Friday on Road Trip After Hours, as he mentioned, and you can find that on YouTube. Make sure you uh, download those podcasts. Go back and take a look. There's some great shows. As a matter of fact, our last road uh, two road trips uh, ago on one of our episodes, we talked with Devon Dudley, and he had some great stuff that he shared with us, a fantastic show. And then on the last show, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I got to tell you, he dropped a few nuggets there, too. You need to stop by uh, on YouTube and find us Road Trip After Hours. Okay, now I'll stop yeah. uh, pushing all that. But <laughs> Okay, so the other thing, too, man, I want to say this, too, you know, for the people that don't know, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of this team right here. And I mean, and what an honor it is for me to be able to be to work with these two guys, especially legendary Bill After. You know, I've known Bill through my entire career. Mac Davis, I've met several years ago, always been impressed with him and his work and what he does. And I'm just happy to, you know, get get a chance now to even work with him and to see just how great he is and just how great Bill is. So I learned a lot from these two guys, man. So I'm just happy to be a part of this team. Like what I want to know, you two are together so much. Have you picked out the furniture yet? <laughs> no, we picked out the the, the, the wedding gown. We're gonna pick, oh pick that out. <laughs> that, that, we're not gonna tell you who's wearing the gown. I'm gonna you... wear it. I'll wear it. <laughs> you know what? WWE's gonna hear this. They're gonna bring Teddy back in that outfit as yep. a general manager for one week. It yep. don't bother me. All they got to do is pay Teddy Long. That's it. Dollar, dollar <laughs> makes you go holla, holla. Ooh. Put a ring on it, right? It's the same thing as getting married. Put a ring on it. Like <laughs> hey, guys, uh, while we were talking about uh, last week's show, and, of course, uh, Laurinaitis being the name we talked about, I want to talk about a different Laurinaitis, uh, and that being Joe Laurinaitis, um, Animal. Now, I know that, uh, Bill, you had interactions with both of them. Anything about Animal that you recall? Oh, Joe Laurinaitis, Animal, was an incredible guy. One of the when you talk about uh, 
a tough guy in the ring like like no one else off the ring he was such a sweetheart he really was he would give anything to anybody who needed him for anything um Craig Peters, one of the editors of uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, along mm-hmm. with me, did the initial photo horror shots of them for the wrestling magazines. And he and Hawk were so cooperative. We took them to New York City and did shots in, of them with uh, Paul Ellering in Central Park. No matter what uh, we needed for the magazines, he would do it. And he had he paid homage because at one point on the old uh, PWI press conferences that uh, Ole Anderson used to run. Uh, Animal and Hawk called me a gerbil-faced twit. <laughs> and when Hawk died, Animal sent me a T-shirt that said, you gerbil-faced twit. He was just a real sweetheart. So, uh, Teddy, I know that you were involved with uh, that Laurenitis as well. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Animal was a great guy. I mean, unbelievable, man. I mean, real nice, real respectful, you know, and I worked with him back uh, when they were the Road Warriors and uh, a <clears throat> real nice guy then. And, uh, the, the, you know, I had a chance to work with him before he passed. Uh, we were uh, I was running a company out in Texas called SWE and Animal was out there and he had a chance to, you know, now me and him started working together there for us behind the scenes and, you know, doing creative and, you know, running the company. So had a great time working with him, man, just as, you know, what I mean, real nice guy, man. Couldn't, and back in the day when him and Hawk were the Road Warriors, they owned this company that was the Zoo Bars. The pants that a lot of people see now, they don't know, but they own that Zoo Bars and they gave me so many. I always, I looked like a zebra everywhere I went because that's all I wore was Zoo Bars. Okay. They had to make a ton of money from that because, I mean, that was a fad. That wasn't just like a few guys in the gym. That was a lot of people. So they had to yeah. make a killing on that deal. Yeah, everybody wore Zubod, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Those were the things. One yeah, of man. the worst days that I remember of my personal part of my career on uh, <clears throat> Animal's final birthday his wife had asked a whole bunch of wrestling people to cut uh, like a comedy thing. And I, I sent him one. And the next day I asked, how did he like the video? And she said he died laughing. And two days later he died. I remember. Oh I'm, my goodness. I remember when animal passed away. Actually, I reached out to you to let you know that I had, it was early in the morning and I had gotten a phone call and I remember reaching out to Bill and uh, saying, Bill, I just got some information and you wanted me to see if there's anything I could do to back it up. And I spoke with his wife uh, who confirmed it. And it was just a shock because Animal and Hawk were two different people themselves. I mean, you know, Animal was more of the, the family kind of guy, a little more level headed. Hawk was a little bit different. And, and Teddy, I know you rode with Hawk a few times, right? Well, I loved Hawk, you know, and I wanted to be with Hawk because I love the drugs. Okay, so and I know without with Hawk, we's gonna have drugs, you know, and have a great time. And uh, me and him was really tight, though, man. I remember one time we was in Charlotte and we stopped at the gas station uh, to get some gas, and uh, I think I went in first to do something, and then I got into it with some Mark that was in the gas station or something. I don't know, but anyway, it turned into a little bit of an argument. And the next thing I know, Hawk came in, and Hawk saw that me and this Mark was arguing. And the next thing I know, Hawk just decked him, <laughs> you know. And, and then we and we just walked on out the gas station. 
<laughs> I was I was I rode with him one time, and he he was having some stomach issues. And I said, "What did you have for dinner?" He said, "You're shooting pictures." This is Mike Hawk. He says, "You're shooting pictures around the ring tonight." I said, "Yeah." He said, "I don't want to talk about dinner." We get about the third or fourth match. They come on, Hawks in front of the rope. <laughs> And he says, you want to know what I had for dinner? What? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, Hawk was a Chinese super nice food. guy, too, man. He would, give you, he would give you the shirt off his back, too, man. He was a super nice guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, th th that was a, a tag team. I don't know that could ever be duplicated again. Not exactly like those two guys. They were, it, it, to me, there's like certain singers that they stand out be over the test of time. And Rogue Warriors are one of those types of, oh, it, of groups. They stand the test of time. What about the uh, other Laurenitis brother? Um, oh, I can't think of his, his name. There was another Laurenitis brother yeah he's down in florida i can't think of his name either but yeah. uh it's but been he a long a time while. it's been it's been a while but i remember seeing him uh i was down in florida doing something but it's been a while but yeah, yeah i can't think of his name either but yeah he, he was a real nice guy too always super nice so what happened to john laurinitis <laughs> then why, why was he the bad guy of the bunch Power went to somebody's head. That's what uh, usually was always the problem. It's always I too guess much I dealt power. with him. I dealt with him sometimes trying to get talent, you know, for uh, uh, the magazine and stuff. And he was okay, you know, with that. I never saw that, but I didn't have interaction like you did with him, Teddy. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, he had interactions with a lot of people in WWE that he rubbed wrong. If I recall, you know, Mickey James. Uh, if I wasn't there, the thing where he sent all of his stuff back in a garbage bag. I, that I mean, wasn't him. That was Carano. Uh, well, they're one and the same, basically, and it's just classless people. That's that's how I look at it. Hey, All right, we got to move like on. We're going to run out of time head. here, guys. <laughs> hey, look, uh, Nick Aldis and Brian Pillman Jr. are now both free agents. Thoughts on that, and what do you think should happen? Well, you know, I've always said this about Nick Aldis, man. I, you know, I'm super get, nice guy. I love him, man. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I did. There's a rumor saying that uh, they WWE may be interested in him. I don't know that for sure, uh, but uh, certainly I hope that uh, somebody over there does talk to him, and I hope he gets a break and gets a chance to go in WWE. The guy's really talented, yeah. and I think the places that he's been, NWA, and these places, they've just wasted him. You know what I mean, and 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 it's, it's it's not even fair to him because he I've been around him and worked with him before, and he certainly gives one hundred percent in the ring. So I hope he somebody picks him up. I hope he gets a break. Agreed. Yeah, you know, it, it, uh, I've always said this, and and I may have said it on this show, and I'll repeat it one more time. If that's the case. Nick Aldis, uh, him coming into WWE, there's there's such a great storyline just waiting to happen. Uh, between him and Cody Rhodes, and there's enough uh, history between the two of them that you know, where everybody that watched those first two matches between Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis want to see that third and final rubber match. And in fact, I heard Cody uh, mention about the Brock match coming up being their rubber match. Okay, now we're talking about rubber matches. The only rubber match that most people know about today is Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis. It's time for Nick to step into WWE. They need a storyline to bring him in and explode that story and build it slowly and let fans remember all the stuff that happened in the first yeah, but, time that they met. They're, they're kind of like a different audience. There's a lot of uh, WWE fans who are not familiar with Nick Aldis. He's a great classic 
pro wrestler and the matches were great, but they would have to show the history of what's happened between the two of them to make this make sense. And hopefully the fans would grab onto it. Well, they got that. All that's on film. They got it. You know, so here's, here's two things Cody Rhodes has got going for him. Either Nick Aldis can give him a big rub or either the young, the young bucks, one of the two. You know, I agree. I, I, I do think it's time for Nick Aldis to show up in WWE. There's nowhere else I want to see him go at this point because I agree. He is overly talented individual. I don't know if maybe it's a personal way or maybe just he rubs people wrong, whatever it may be. Get past it because the guy's money. There's he's money a wrestler. there. Yes. He's a wrestler. I tell you what's wrong. He's too nice. Yeah. You know, you can't be that in this business. That's for sure. You got to be an asshole sometimes. So. He's, he's too nice. And uh, WWE, uh, from what I heard, you know, they he'd be great down at the performance center training guys because he's that he's that Billy Robinson type of. But but he's at, at this point, I think he just uh, and ring technique. I, I and think, I think there's still I think that there's still money in Nick Aldis. I think they yes. should be using him on that TV. I yes. I agree with him. He can go to NXT and be a great trainer, but he ain't ready for that. That's still money in this guy, man. Why waste him down there? Put him on that TV and put him in a good story with somebody. Even if By you're way, just going to feed him to Cody Rhodes before you put him down into, uh, you know, at the training center, feed him to Cody Rhodes. Let him have that match and let Cody have that moment because there's going to come a point where they won't be able to do that. Well, there's so many guys there that they could feed him to until he gets to Cody Rhodes. They got to build a guy, so don't give oh, him yeah. to Cody right away. Let him get, let him make a name for himself there. Let him get some credibility there. Let him build him and then slide him on into Cody. Hey, you, you, you stop by Cody one day, you see him. Hey, I ain't forgot about you. And now, let's, let's, right on walking. And then I'm sitting here thinking, and this is not part of the show, Raju, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm sitting here thinking now, uh, you have Cody Rhodes coming up with Brock Lesnar in the rubber match. How funny would it be to see Nick Aldis actually come out and somehow cause Cody to lose that match and start a spark between the two of them. Nah. Well, I think it's too quick. Too right. quick. You can't do that right away. You know what I mean? Right now, you know, in order to bring Nick Aldis, uh, any of them in, they got to sit down and have a talk with them and see what direction they're going to go with them. Then we can find out whether we need to slide them into Cody or whatever. They may not want to do that right away. They may wait and do that on down the line. But I think right now I wouldn't do it. I'd let Brock, Cody, let that play out. We'll see where they're going to go with that. And then save Nick Aldis for after SummerSlam or say your next big pick. I'd, I'd, I'd set him up for next year for WrestleMania. That's what yeah. I'd do. Yeah. And yeah. remember, to have him run in when a large portion of the WWE fans don't know who he is, it, you That's know, true. the broadcasters go, oh, my God, it's Nick Aldis. And a lot of fans are going to know who. I mean, I know who he is. We know who he is. But we have to familiarize the audience with him. I don't know that he's well, that well, unknown, well, though. Well, I think a lot of people do know who he is. That's what I was going to say, too, Bill. You got to remember, you know, social media is out there. He may not oh, be on a whole lot of TV, but he's all over social media. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, and I think right now social media get more views than the TV do. Hey, look, uh, I'm curious. How does that work now, Bill? Do you know for do you know, you know, I know how TV ratings work, but nowadays TV ratings can't be really the the end all of everything, because at one time your ratings on TV, that was everything. You know, what did you pull? What was the rating for that <laughs> night? But nowadays people watch it on social media and you've got I would imagine more people watching social media now rather than TV. 
And yeah, how does that figure play into how they figure out the ratings now? I don't know that, but I do know that um, the older generation still watches more TV, wrestling on TV, or online to go back and look at some of the classic matches um, online. But I don't, it's numbers. It's all numbers. I think a lot of people choose to watch it when they want to watch it as, as as opposed to watching it live much anymore, unless there's something really big happening. You know, and, and I think that's just the habit of how people have become now. You know, you oh, watch a little know. bit of this and know. a little bit of that. I don't know. I, I think fans still have the habit of Monday Night Raw, Wednesday Night AEW, Friday Night SmackDown, Saturday Night Collision. I think that's how I think that's where the TV viewers are. And we've talked about Cody Rhodes just for a second. Yeah. I want to take exception to something uh, Vince Russo, who I like, uh, came out with this tirade of what does Cody think this is? Is this a play, a Shakespearean play, a Broadway show or something? These long monologues that he's saying, I think they're incredible. He's saying it's pro wrestling, bro. I think they're incredibly enticing. I enjoy what he's doing. What about you two? Who do you say said that? Vince Russo. <laughs> Who's that? Okay. I will say this about Vince Russo because, and I'm glad you brought that up, but it has a little something else to do with Vince Russo. I saw in the last week where he was complaining, uh, you know, having to watch all this wrestling and stuff to do his job, and he can't wait for the day when, you know, he doesn't have to do that anymore. This guy was coming off bitching because he has to watch wrestling to get paid for what he does. What the hell? Vince, if things are so bad that you can't sit down, do your job by watching the shows, why even bother turning on your damn camera? Quit bitching. Do your job. Do what's required of it and move on. I'll shut up now. I saw that stuff, though, and it drove me nuts. Yeah, but the, the thing that drove me nuts, too, and again, I, I like him, but the thing with me is that the thing about Cody Rhodes really turned me around the wrong way. Let's see. Uh, Big E spoke, <laughs> spoke. You okay? Yeah, my we gotta call the EMTs in. My my Tic Tacs got stuck in my stuck in your throat. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Big E uh, spoke recently about a possible return. He says, "Quote: I feel great. Unfortunately, I don't have a timetable for a return. The great thing is, I feel one hundred percent." I don't even feel like someone who broke their neck. My mobility is incredible and great. Where, what are your thoughts? I think we've talked about this just recently uh, about Big E. Where would he put him back into the uh, WWE program now? Uh, I I don't know. Um, I really don't know. You know, sometimes when a guy's been out that long, you know, you really got to kind of maybe we're not really start all over again, but you really got to find somewhere where he'll fit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it might be something you could kind of shock him with if, uh, you know, he all of a sudden he ended up with the uh, hurt business. And, of course, we know that that's being teased quite a bit right now, which I like to see. Uh, you know, why was the hurt business taken from TV? I mean, what was the whole reason for br- busting him up in the first place? Nobody Did I miss that. something? We don't Nobody know. Knows I that. What I think is that Biggie needs to come back as a top contender for one of the titles. He's got such a great look, such a great attitude. Even his interview skills 
are fabulous. He needs to be in there with the top tier guys. They never, they, he was always, you know, kind of comedy with, uh, um, with his partners. The New Day. With the New Day, yeah. But I think it should be a new day for him. I think he needs to be a serious singles competitor going after either Gunther, Seth Rollins, or Roman Reigns. I think he could be a real threat to Roman Reigns' title. I'd let him. I'd let him go right through Bobby Lashley first. Who? Why? Because I think that it's kind of a story, a little bit there. You remember Big E was the world champion at, at one time, you know, mm -hmm. and that, and Bobby was chasing the world title. So there's a little bit of history right there. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I maybe put him right there with Bobby Lashley, let him destroy Bobby Lashley, then keep moving. Well, notice Lashley has come back with that uh, limousine recently and kind of a whole different, you know, with the suit and the yep. sunglasses and stuff. So maybe that's what they're planning. Well, they kind of trying to repackage him. You know what I mean? That 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 looks pretty good. And, when, and let me correct myself. When I said Big E come back and destroy him, I don't mean destroy him, but I mean, you know, come back and make a name for himself and have and use Bobby Lashley to help him make that name. And also, we haven't seen MVP much lately. We know he, uh, musically he's uh, put a new uh, a single out. I, just lately, I have not heard it yet, but uh, that's about the most we've heard from MVP. So I hope to see him come back into the fold as well. I started to like him, uh, his whole thing, the, the manager thing with him. I think he's excellent as that. I do too. I, I think that he fit that role perfectly at the, the time they needed him, and he yeah. stepped up. That's the thing. They, you know, they brought in a guy that was there once before, brought him back in. I don't think he was even planned to be on TV originally. I think that kind of came about in the first couple of weeks uh, that he was working there that he ended up back on TV. Um, but he is just really he, he stepped up to the plate and, and did what he had to do to make himself relevant and watchable again, which I love to see. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, let's see. We still got a few more minutes here. Let's talk about wrestling's Mount Rushmore. Now, Sports Keto wanted me to reach out to you two and find out who you think should be on the Mount Rushmore and the pro wrestling Mount Rushmore. Uh, you know, your four choices of men to go up there or women. Of men. Of men. Teddy, you want to take that first? Well, I would say uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, The Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, I, you know, what I was trying to figure what great woman, you know, that uh, we've had in our sport, you know, too, that certainly. Uh, Are these uh, just males? No, male or female. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd say um, Jazz uh, mm -hmm. and, and probably Jackie Moore. Okay. Bill? Whew. Totally different. Um, Mill Mascaris. Bruno San Martino, Dory Harley Race. I'm going back to the Dory Funk Jr. I need two or three more guys. So yeah, you need. Let's see, that was three. I think. Did you give us three or four? Four. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm a, I didn't hear it all. You know, some of the ones that I I, I pulled up uh, online just to see what the average person's usually saying. Usually, it comes out to be Hogan, Flair, Undertaker, Stone Cold. Now, and I, and I think all three of us all have different Mount Rushmores simply because we grew up at different times and watched right. wrestling different eras. And, and, and everybody's Mount Rushmore will never be the same. I, you know, another 50 Who's years yours? from now. Who are yours, man? Mine are a little bit more old school. Uh, I had Harley Race, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, and Hulk Hogan. 
Okay. So I just tried to look for people who made an impact during their time periods, and pretty much that's all I can say. But there's a lot of names that you could put in there. I mean, you know, if if you don't have The Undertaker, you got The Rock. You know, you got Stone Cold. You got about everybody from the Attitude Era, let's put it that way, that you could actually make a legitimate, you know, uh, complaint and say they belong up there too, you know? Well, when you you said four names, you know what I mean? That's just not enough. You know what I mean? When Once you mentioned Undertaker there, you know what I mean? Definitely, you know, this guy's got to be there. So I'd have to have more than four names, you know, to put there. So four names is just not enough. I agree. We have to create. We have to create Wrestle Mountain. Well, it'd be a lot of faces on that mountain. And then, then people would be saying, "Well, who goes on top and who's on the bottom?" To be everybody bitching about something. You watch. <laughs> You're right. Right. Uh, all right. Jake Roberts recently stated that he thought Kurt Henning should have been world champion, saying, "Quote: He had all the tools, man. There's a lot of guys out there that could have done it, man, but Kurt Henning." Comes to the top. He was top level. He was top shelf. What do you guys I say? I agree with Jake. I worked with Kurt. It certainly was. He was top stuff. So that that's a question I'd like to know too. You know why? Why wasn't he ever world champion? Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, he was a terrific person. He was a party guy. He was fun to be around. He was excellent in the ring, and he played his characterizations. If it was just Kurt Hennig or if it was Mr. Perfect, he knew how to do this, and everybody got along with him. He was just, he was, and he was an excellent professional wrestler, you know, trained in the Ganya method of pro wrestling back then, and yeah, I no clue why he was never a world champion. And you know, I have never heard anyone say a bad thing about Kurt Henning. I, I just, I never have. If there is somebody out there who dislikes him, I don't know who that would be. Teddy, did you have a chance to work with him? I mean, you were in, he was in WCW during the time you were there, wasn't he? Yeah, I worked with Kurt. I just yeah. mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I had a chance to work with Kurt, the super nice guy. You know, he, he played ribs a, a little bit on people, but I mean, who doesn't do that? You know yeah. what I mean? That's just part of the wrestling business. He was known for a couple of famous ribs, too. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I have, I've read about him before, so yeah. <laughs> he had gotten me uh, tickets to see George Strait at uh, Madison Square Garden. And I said, I really want to meet George Strait. He's one of my favorite singers. He says, it's not going to be this time, but I'll make sure I get you to meet him. So um, he had he had died. And about a year later, I'm in Nashville doing some stuff, and a guy comes over to me at ringside, and he says, you Bill Apter? I said, yeah. He says, well, I, own a, I work at a club called The Trap. And he said, we're having a little party tonight with a, a few special people, and we'd like you to come down. I said, that's great. I walk in, and there's table sitting about eight people, beautiful blonde lady, and her husband with her, George Strait. Wow. I told them the story. It was a year later to the almost to the date of his death. Wow. And I told George Strait that story. And there's a picture of me in my book is wrestling fixed. I didn't know it was broken. Thank you. Um, it's a picture in there and the whole story about how Kurt Hennig introduced me to George Strait after he had passed away. Very cool. All right, guys, we got just a few minutes here left, and I've got some questions that we actually asked people to write some questions for us, send them in so we could uh, have them on the show today. I'm going to pick just a few of them real fast. You ready? All right. 
Joe Mason on Twitter asks, Teddy has had so many great roles. What was the most fun to play? Uh, General Manager, SmackDown. I can't imagine anything else but that, really, because there's so many opportunities there to have fun. And I've done it so long, you know. I had a, you know, I had a chance to really buff it, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael V on Facebook writes, "Love the show." Does Bill Aptor have a collection of all his old photographs? It would make for a great table book. I don't. All the photographs that I took, ninety-nine percent of them, were owned by the London Publishing (PWI) Inside Wrestling, the wrestler. I worked there as a job. I got a paycheck uh, every week, medical, dental, the whole thing. And um, everything I shot is still in the files there with whoever owns it currently. Did you ever shoot many uh, private pictures with your own camera? Oh, I, ha I have an, an entire book. And when I do my, my, my yeah. uh, one-man show, and you've seen this, I have about 100 pictures of various wrestlers and boxers giving me the finger. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, I have uh, I have some of them, and I'm trying to work out something now to maybe put out an after chat quarterly, uh, like newsletter, just with those photos, possibly. That would be cool. All right, let's see. Uh, Janet Rabbit writes, <laughs> uh, "How do how do all three of you know each other?" Was Mac a wrestler? He looks like a mini Goldberg. I've heard that before. Teddy, I miss those old days with you on SmackDown. <laughs> well, the way that we all knew each other is, like I said, with Bill After. Bill After knew me when I was putting up the ring, taking the mm -hmm. ring down. Yeah. So that's been over 30 some years ago. So uh, yeah. that's how I met Bill. And uh, with Mac, I met him on the road through my travels and everything. So me and Mac have known each other almost pretty close to five or six years. So uh, just uh, honored to, do, to, to be friends with both of these guys. Likewise. I met Mac when I was doing a podcast with uh, uh, Josh Chernoff, who was the head of the uh, premier streaming network. And uh, Mac had gotten in touch with me, asked about advertising on the show uh, for that product that you do. I don't know if the mm -hmm. fans know about that. Uh, and Mac and I just started hanging out and becoming friends and, uh, uh, he, like you, Teddy, is like a, a extended family member to me. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I just, uh, we all three seem to click. That's just what, why the show works and why we get along so well when we're hanging out because we're just three guys who love wrestling. That's it. And, and we're not, we don't judge each other. We're just there to have fun. Wait a minute. It, but. Now I have a question that I, I mm -hmm. should have written in. There's three of us. Who is Mo? Who is Larry? And who is Curly? I'm Curly. Oh, you must be that. you must be Larry, uh, Bill, because uh, Mo kind of leads the three, and I got to lead the show. So, <laughs> God, that's horrible. They're gonna have pictures of those uh, three stooges over our heads probably now. Anyhow, we well, are out you, of time. You'll fix it. The next next thing we see on those social media, you'll have them right up over us. You'll fix it. He will. He will. Speaking of which, Teddy and I this week on Road Trip After Hours, we're going to be featuring some AI work. We've heard a lot about AI and the things that it's doing in Hollywood, writing and drawing and things. I'm going to show some photographs on this week's episode that will blow your mind as to what AI can do. If it doesn't blow your mind, it should scare you half to death. I'm Mag Davis. AI? Alan Iverson? What? Alan Iverson? He used to play for the, the basketball for the. Field. Yeah, what about him? That's AI. That's no, that's not AI. 
Oh, hey, Mo. <laughs> I think we lost him. <laughs> you don't hear me? <laughs> okay. Headache now. All right. This is this has been the Wrestling Time Machine by Sports yes, Kita. You can find us, of course, all the time right here on Wrestle Binge on YouTube by Sports Kita. And of course, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. I'm Mac Davis. That's pro wrestling journalist, Mr. Bill After and WWE Hall of Famer, Teddy Hall. All right. That's it, guys. We're done. That was fun. Okay. Always is. Always is. You know what I keep forgetting to get, Bill, as my uh, pro wrestling.